0: Summon the Prince of Temptation for what purpose?
1: Oh, shit. Uh, I have addiction demons and I don't understand them.
0: Then allow me to explain the darkness of the human soul. So you've got dopamine, right? That's the chemical that gets released in your brain whenever you do something pleasurable, like eating sex. And that's just nature, right? Like rabbits and fish and shit. They need dopamine so that they want to consume and reproduce. Okay. But because humans have progressed and now have access to all the shit they want whenever they want it, it's easy for them to overdo and have dopamine problems. You know, it's not fucking rocket science, this stuff.
2: back-to-box podcast. My name is Christopher Maverick, and you can call me Mav, and I am here with the full crew today. All of the hosts are back two weeks in a row. It's very exciting for me. Hey, Wayne, how you doing? Good. How are you, Mav? I'm doing good, I'm yeah. doing good. And I'm not going to do as much bullshitting this week, because we, yeah, we've we got a full house, which we'll get to in a moment, but is also here. Hey, hey, Katia. Hey, Katia. <laughs> and Hannah's here, palindrome Hannah. Hey, Hannah.
3: Hey.
2: hey Hannah.
4: <laughs> Okay. Is Hannah the only palindrome Hannah, or do you just refer to all Hannahs as palindrome Hannah now?
2: On her first show, no, I know why, when, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. It's, I, it, We've she, never she, had another she Hannah. A, yeah, yeah. She, but I mean, she all Hannah, a cool but name. all Hannahs
4: in the world are they just all palindrome? No, because no, there's no, so H and an H- without H. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, that's oh, right. yeah. I
5: have a fr- I have a friend who's Hannah without an H. Yeah, so. I, okay. I have a friend who's a Hannah without an H and only one in. So mm-hmm. all right. Hannah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, yeah, to be fair, she pronounces it
2: Hannah. Some people so, <laughs> so pronounce so my not, name Hannah. Weird. Yeah, oh, so anyway. today's topic is how to pronounce the word, my name Hannah. And this was a topic that we actually had s- several weeks ago, and it mutated a few times, and it, it came out of a conversation that Wayne and I had in the store, like so many yes. of our, our topics on the show. So Wayne, how, what was the original thought on how it was going to work? I don't know.
5: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I basically our, our the topic is, is media addiction. And I mean, it came up in the store because we just, there's the ongoing thing. I, I think with all hobbies, there's a certain amount of this, but I see this in the store all the time of, you people who are buying a book, I'm going to say X-Men because it's probably the best example I've seen over the last 20 years that I've worked there, but you're buying a book and you're invested in it and somewhere along the line, you stop being invested in it and you stop actually liking it. And you start actually hating it, but for some reason you're still there every month buying it, and you do that for years. And and
2: and you don't want to tell these people no because
5: they pay. Yeah, They're paying my rent, so I don't tell them. I did once. That's an anecdote for later on the show. (laughs) But you know, I, I actually had that conversation with somebody. But yeah, just that idea of why, why you know. Yeah, watching TV shows, you, know, you and I have talked about uh, the Walking Dead TV show, and 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 you know I'm still watching it. I'm still engaged with it. Uh, I, it's not my favorite show on TV, but I still like it. But boy, do I know people who are hate watching it. Um, just, and, but they won't miss an episode. And then on Facebook the next morning, all they're doing is bitching. But but by God, they're there next week. Yeah, but just that phenomena of of being addicted to something you don't like anymore you know at, at some point our hobbies all become heroin and it seems to take a lot to get us off of them so i guess that's that's what we want to talk
2: about is uh i was waiting for hannah to say that she doesn't do heroin in case her parents were when
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, then that's like, you know co- comics are, are cheaper than heroin sort uh, <laughs> so well, so but we were talking about addiction, addict- being addicted to a comic or a band or a TV show, even if you don't enjoy it anymore. And then we talked with Katia and you pointed out that in video game addiction, it's actually kind of, sort of a real thing, or at least officially a real thing now, right?
6: Yeah. So last year, um, the World Health Organization and I talked about this a bit on the blog. Added gaming disorder to basically their classification of diseases, which means that in a lot of countries that use that as the basis for insurance or various like federal benefit programs like gaming disorder is now like a legit thing. I don't believe it's the only media sort of addiction disorder that's in there. I think that there's some others, but that's sort of the most recent iteration.
2: So and originally, I don't know that we were talking about it. We were talking about. Sort of the the popular usage of the word addiction when Wayne and I first started talking, you know, you're you're it's inertia.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I mean, we, we joked about, you know, why continue buying stuff. Wayne knows because he works at the store that I shop at that I have a complete run of Nomad. Yeah. I think the only two people on the planet who have a complete run of Nomad are me and Fabian Nicieza who wrote it. <laughs> nobody else does. I also have a complete run I, of Savage I, I, Dragon. I have, I have which, a
5: friend who used to shop the store who moved to Florida. The, the yeah, does, the yeah, is, yeah, 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 At this point, she bought them all in dollar <laughs> boxes.
2: Yeah, Ooh. but after the yeah. fact, I bought them as it was going, and Nomad got bad halfway through and just never recovered, but I just, I just, I just wanted it to. Another comic I read is Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon I enjoyed for a while, and then it frankly really sucked for a good five or six years and now I'm enjoying it again. It just, it magically just got to yeah, where it yeah, suddenly. I'm, I'm
5: the alcoholic who's become the bartender. I work at the comic shop. So, you know, I I, yeah. I don't do as much of the, the buying and bringing home the stuff I'm addicted to, but I'm there so I can continue reading it guilt free because I'm not actually buying it. Mm-hmm.
7: You know, I feel like what we're kind of talking about is, Habit formation,
3: mm-hmm. you know, right. like
7: we get into routines. I think that they now say it takes about sixty-six days or something to form a habit instead of the actual twenty-one that we've heard. Um, but you know, I've never heard these,
2: of either those things. Okay.
7: <laughs> apparently, my parents really tried to break me in my bad habits and gave me science.
3: Ah.
7: I need to stop talking about my parents on the show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll just keep teasing you about it. So it's just your yeah. choice. Okay. No, you're give you're me from Mississippi. To be fair, from last week, I was home. So I felt like I was, you know, in my teenage self. So now I'm back. I'm adult. I'm adult again. It's fine. I'm still not an adult. I refuse to adult. (laughs) I mean, what what is adulting really?
3: Yeah.
7: But whatever. Point is. (laughs) Real point. You know, say like something like Grey's Anatomy, which has been running since I was in high schools on like season 14 or something, you know, it comes on like Thursday night at the same time, people Mm -hmm. just get in the habit of watching it. It's so easy to just turn on the television and like let something run. I mean, Walking Dead is like going for ever how many seasons AMC can squeeze out of it. Mm -hmm. It's just sometimes easier to like, let this go. So like things go instead of quitting, if you don't find joy out of it. Um, It's weird that we're doing this for like, kind of a new year's 2019
3: (laughs) show
6: on
7: this. Maybe it's very appropriate. It's helping people break their habits. I mean, I think the other
6: interesting thing is that, I mean, we should get back to this later, but like the phenomenon of hate watching, it's also, it's not just you're no longer interested in the thing that you were doing, but also it sounds like people that enjoy hating on stuff. So it's like, there's an adjunct hobby that develops out of the original hobby, which is just complaining.
5: Yeah, Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Let let me be absolutely clear here. I have no desire to, end this this habit or addiction because i pay my rent based on it
2: absolutely so (laughs) so i i but but anyway (laughs) now that we've been beating around it for a bit you know with our nonsense
6: yay nonsense
2: we have two guests this week who you might have heard giggle in the background um if you've listened to the show before you might know that my my wife steph is a psychologist so i invited her cognitive
1: psychologist
2: (laughs) cognitive psychologist which means she knows everything about psychology
1: No. (laughs) Can you explain exactly what a cognitive psychologist is? It is a psychologist who studies functions of the brain, including memory, learning, language development, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. I personally study educational psychology, so how students learn science in particular.
3: Mm
5: -hmm. What's the other kind of psychologist? There are all kinds of different. Yeah. There's oh, okay. there's okay.
6: There's, yeah.
1: a, there's a pantheon. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Never mind. It yeah. the I just <laughs> mental, social behavior. Um. <laughs> yes. I can't even. <laughs> <think> <laughs> of all right,
2: okay. The
6: important thing. Cognitive yeah. psychologist. Got it.
2: Yes, but as far as I'm concerned, she she knows stuff. So. I know
1: some things about the brain, but it's <laughs> okay. certainly not my specialty. Unlike my
2: cousin oh well there you go <laughs> who's <laughs> shaking her head so the other guest we we also invited Ashley Boback, who is Steph's cousin and also a psychologist or psychologist in training technically yeah I guess.
8: doctoral trainee yeah <laughs> hey
2: guys <laughs> this is Ashley Ashley now you actually are literally doing your dissertation on addiction yes awesome perfect do the rest yep. of our show for us okay <laughs> <laughs> No pressure.
8: But I guess to say, differing from Steph, I tend to focus more on humanistic existential psychology. So it's a little kind of two different perspectives here.
2: So, to quote Katia, what does that mean? Um,
8: so, humanistic existential was sort of like a mishmash of kind of two ideas, but basically, um, I'm interested in like how people make meaning in light of living in a meaningless sort of absurd world, and also how can we sort of like respect the uniqueness or individuality of others as opposed to maybe trying to reduce them to some sort of like uh diagnostic label or something like that, so trying to look at the person more holistically and looking at how they make meaning basically
2: mm-hmm. I read funny books already. Yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah. i play games and push buttons yeah, for a living.
5: i, I, I sell yeah. funny books for a living although as, yeah. as we said before coming on the show in a previous life 30 years ago i have a master's in clinical psychology so i've read some books at one point in my life mm-hmm. um, so so you have some thoughts yeah I, I probably have some thoughts but
2: and interestingly enough so um as far as I mean, I always say I read funny books for a living, but I actually do deal with a lot of psycho- psychology text, mostly ones that Steph hates, <laughs> <laughs> because, because I, I use a lot of psychoanalytic te- analytic text in my research when I'm doing, you know, literary and cultural studies, because I don't necessarily care about actual psychology in, in that I don't really care how the brain works. I only care how we perceive things because the brain is working. So I can skip a lot of the, you know, mumbo jumbo scientific stuff and just deal with the facts. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, I mean, it's, it's, that's the, that's the, I mean, I'm making fun right. of it, but I actually do read, I, you know, and I know, I know Wayne also has, cause um, I proofread his conference papers for him <laughs> but i'll uh, look at uh, lacan freud yeah young yeah. young a lot yeah i find young far
5: more valuable as a pop culture analyst than i do as a psychologist so
3: yeah
2: <laughs> so we thought we'd kind of deconstruct the idea of addiction versus inertia for media see is it really possible see is it a bad thing see what the ramifications are much like the show always goes wherever it takes us but first i just kind of want to start with ashley and you know yes, what is addiction literally what is the simplest for a bunch of people who read funny books to understand definition of what addiction means
8: um for me that's a complicated answer but i'll give you a simple one just knowing that it's a much more complex answer um but basically, like addiction or even really any mental health disorder, what distinguishes like pathology from like being normal is having some sort of impact on your like daily life functioning. So it's in, it's affecting you interpersonally or like it's affecting your ability to work or go to school or
2: basically like function in life. So does something stop being an addiction if you are smart enough to like say, hey, I'm just gonna do this for a living. Funny books, yeah, that's gonna be my job now. Or video games. <laughs> does does that count as addiction? Doesn't impact my daily life because it is my daily life. <laughs>
8: It's, yeah. It still impacts it, though, because yeah. that's what you do. <laughs> well, I mean that, but is it negatively right. impa- impacting it, though? I feel like that's like the
5: sort of key. Yeah, I mean, well, there, there's also you know, there's the people who are you know, functional alcoholics who you know, they, they have an addiction. There's an alcoholism involved, but they're able to get up and go to work and do the things they need to do. So, you know, I would say they still have an addiction uh, and it's probably negatively impacting their life in, in, in different ways. They're doing their job while having a hangover or whatever.
6: Well, and it's also just at least correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming it's also a distinction between like there's a difference between doing something a lot and doing and like not being able to stop. Like, I play video games a lot as part of my job. I could stop playing video games and I wouldn't like it wouldn't be a
2: problem. Well, there is. Says every addict ever. Yeah, well,
3: and
6: that's that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's physical addiction. Like, you know,
5: heroin is physically addicted. You know, like your your body craves it; it has to have it. You know, you you have to be weaned off of it. So, there's physical addiction where you you can't stop or you will die. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's psychological addiction. Is it feels like you'll die if you stop. You won't really. <laughs> you know? uh, if you you know if 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 you don't get next month's issue of X Men, you probably won't die because of that <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
2: So, what do we want to talk about in the show? Do we, I mean I'm willing to take what Wayne just said as a given for the most part. I don't think video games or comics or TV shows or bands are physically yeah. addictive. You know, there's been weeks where I just don't make it to the comic bookstore, and you know, it's fine. <laughs> you, you, you survive. <laughs> you know, you get a little right, jittery. Right. You, you you take some methadone. Oh, you, you, make it big.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you, you read one of your Maybe. old comics instead of a new one. <laughs>
6: I think we no, need to talk just, about some of your, your yeah. habits
5: <laughs> we're talking definitions. I mean somebody said earlier the difference between addiction and and habit formation, and I think that's an important distinction so whoever said that that's I, me
3: okay <laughs> right. yeah um uh,
5: then define habit formation then within the context of what we're talking about,
6: not to like jump on Hannah's like bandwagon here, but like to me it's like the distinction between a habit and, and an addiction is is to go back to. What we said earlier, it's it's the idea that a habit isn't destructive to me. It's like it's something that you you can still do. Like I could say I have a video gaming habit because I play video Mm -hmm. games like three, three, four times a week. But it's not getting in the way of my life, my my living other aspects of my life. And it's also something that like in a week where I don't have the time to play that often, I don't. And it's not a Mm -hmm. problem. So like it's more of like a ritual that I do on a regular basis rather than something that like I either mentally or physically feel the need to do.
5: Yeah, you're, you're used to the word ritual there, I like, because I think that plays a part in a lot of this as well. Mav and I have described you know, Wednesday at the comic shop, just the comic shop phenomenon, as the church of every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And there is, mm-hmm. I mean, for a lot of people, like this is what they do. There's a certain time they show up, they, they go to the shop with their friends at this time on Wednesday, they buy their books. It is very much, you, it's a habit, it's a hobby, but there is something very ritualistic about when they show up and how they go about doing this, and I think that's probably true of a lot of hobbies.
2: But it's true of addictions yeah. as well. I mean, like, but, if yeah, you, yeah. oh yeah. But
7: I think the difference between habit and addiction, while there, while there are some overlaps, and there are certainly bad habits, um, and it's hard to break habits that are good or bad. You can, you can still break habits with enough sort of like willpower like if you can get and control you can control your behavior whereas addiction is and the psychologists who actually study this can talk more about it but i think that like there's something deeper going on with addiction right So is the person who's taking they're like just, i'm looking at that <laughs> they're, ju- they're
2: just <laughs> staring, they're just staring at each other going yup, yeah. you you yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> stuff why don't uh, you start yeah resuming?
3: yeah So well,
2: no, because so I'm wondering. Okay, simply (laughs) put, because this is where this is where stuff does. uh, If you are learning something, like there are, and this is stuff stuff that you pick up over osmosis after living with a psychologist for twenty years. um, (laughs) there, There are there are physical changes to your brain for. Uh, not for not not like a chemical addiction, but I mean, just the act of learning something changes your brain physically. Like you can you
1: changes the connections between neurons yeah. in your brain.
2: OK, sure. <laughs> no, but, no, no, but I mean, but yeah. that's, so, no, but I mean, it's, it's a physical it's a literal physical change. like yes. you like you actually can make connections. Right. So if I'm in the habit of you know, chewing my fingernails, but reading comics every Wednesday, do I have a physical change That um, that that causes that to happen. Like, is there is there logic of saying, you know, it's psychologically addictive, but is there an actual change that would make it make rituals like going to the comic book store every Wednesday or playing video games when you get home from school or whatever? Would that make it a physical.
1: Yeah, that, that seems different from learning, like learning when you're connecting neural pathways and integrating information and that kind of thing. But it does seem that, I mean, you be, I would think of this, Ashley, correct me if I'm wrong, I would think of it in terms of a reward system, like feedback yeah. system. So you go to the store and that's your like your journey and you're in the, maybe in the back of your mind, you're thinking about your comics and we know how much you love comics. And then once you get there, you see Wayne and you see comic books, and that's maybe a rush of dopamine, say. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that's evening. your that's your reward. Well, not Wayne, but, but the comic books. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your reward for the behavior of you getting I'm, up and driving.
3: dopamine for the all, store all my
2: customers. Can I, can I, can I just drop in And I, you know, nice
1: tea? (laughs) And of course you learn that connection, that this behavior leads to this, this reward. So it, that reinforces that behavior.
6: And so at least, and yeah, I'm not a psychologist, but reading some of the stuff
4: about um, video game disorder is at least my understanding of it is that that's what it's based off of is the idea that you get it. Like, basically you get a dopamine hit when you win a game Mm -hmm. And then, mm-hmm. so it's not the video games that you're actually quote unquote addicted to. It's that the video games help you get the physical and chemical response that your body craves. Does that sound correct? I would agree with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. So where does is, cause we talked about earlier that like, I mean, you were talking about there isn't a physical addiction to something like media, but I
1: guess I'm squ- square those claims with claims. With so me, I, can I just throw in one thing here? Okay. Um, it seems like we're talking about addiction versus habit as like a dichotomous, two different separate categories. I would think okay. that it's more of a continuum yeah. where you get maybe like less of a dopamine rush for certain activities and more for activities that we consider to be truly addictive, where you can't go without that particular mm-hmm. activity.
8: Right. And I think okay. Even like all drugs, too, aren't physically addictive. Like, yes, you have heroin and alcohol or like benzodiazepines like Xanax. But then you have things like cocaine or crack or marijuana where there's not like an actual physical addiction and you're not going to go through withdrawal. But I think we touched on that between like physical and and psychological. But I I don't know. I I think distinguishing between the two maybe is just like something to keep in mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah you probably do get that those kind of brain chemical reactions, even from a psychological Mm -hmm. addiction to Mm -hmm. something, you know, smoking. Yeah. 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 Even just the act of like the non-addictive aspects of smoking. Like I know, I know Mav has said that you like, The one aspect is actually social of smoking, like going outside and hanging out with people. And I know you you love people. Mav is very extroverted, if you can tell.
3: (laughs) No, I hate people. And so that probably contributes. I hate people. No, that makes a
1: lot of sense. That probably contributes to the addiction. That makes a lot of sense. I knew
2: it this is a good time to point out that if you're listening to this podcast and enjoy it, please leave us a five star review (laughs) on iTunes because I need your love.
4: (laughs) Oh my God. Speaking of a different kind of media addiction.
5: (laughs) We need more people addicted to this this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) It's fine.
4: Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense because I know I have a friend of mine that uh, recently quit smoking and they were talking about part of the reason they started smoking and kept smoking is they liked the aesthetics of mm-hmm. yeah. the actions of smoking, so nothing to do with the nicotine. for them it had nothing to do with the nicotine or like anything else. it was like the ritual of smoking itself, yeah,
2: so being a person addicted to nicotine <laughs> um, that's part of it, but there i mean it's it's certainly both I don't understand yeah. how anyone does grad school without smoking either smoking or drinking, you need to do one and smoking is great because you can take a smoke break in the middle of the day. Like there's a social aspect to that Steph's Absolutely. Right. That is exactly, you know, you're, you're in your office and just look around and, but like, I can usually say, all right, I need a break. What three people want to go outside and just stand in the cold with me right now and have a cigarette like that. There is a, I could do that by myself, but there is certainly a social aspect to that habit formation that I think is very similar in a lot of ways to what, what Wayne said is the, the church of Wednesday, right? Like Mm -hmm. we go, if we go to the comic book store, Wayne works at, I mean, he's there every day. Okay. So obviously Wayne and our friends, which is why we do the show. He can text me whenever he wants, but there are other people that we would call our friends on a, on a given Wednesday. If I go in, I know that I have a better than average chance of running into link who's been on this show than I will any other time in my life or Mark, who we mentioned last week mm-hmm. there, you know, there are people, you know, there are people who are just sort of my friends by virtue of the fact that we shop at the I same kind of store. Assume everybody
5: shops there all know each other. I know that's not true, but because I know all of mm-hmm. them, I assume they, they all know each other. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the, the social, aspect of the store itself is very much a part of the experience for a lot of people
2: I would assume that that's true of uh, of actual things that we more commonly call addictions like a, yeah. like if you're going to go and, and hang out at a crack house there's a social aspect to being at the crack house
8: I think it's interesting that you're bringing up like the social aspect of it because what I'm working on from my <coughs> dissertation just like one piece is sort of looking at or really like reconceptualizing addiction and looking at it differently than just assuming that it's a disease and kind of trying to see like how can we look at it differently and I've been focusing on it from like a relational perspective so for me like how we sort of like make meaning of our lives is through relationships meaningful relationships with other people and just sort of hearing you all talk about this like experience at the comic bookstore um and you think like and you're sort of talking about the social sides of things like yeah, that's those are meaningful relationships that you have with other people. And part of like this culture of reading comic books is like involved in that um, as far as like physical addiction or I guess like drug addiction. I think of it maybe more in a, a different kind of way where instead of your instead of relating to other people, because other people like in the drug world are just sort of like competitors. So there's other people fighting for drugs or fighting for money. Um, you kind of replace the other person with the drug itself. And mm-hmm. you kind of lose that relationality or interconnectedness that you might have had mm-hmm. uh, otherwise.
1: Yeah, I read a really good article. I think it was in Scientific American about addiction. I might we might have talked about this before Ashley, just about how, um, sorry if I'm getting the details wrong because it's been like almost a year or so since I read it, but like basically people who are in impoverished environments that don't have like a lot of activities or like nice things basically around them and lack like relationships, they substitute that with drugs because it provides like the same kinds of reactions to your brain that you would normally get if you were in Mm -hmm. like a, you know, a nice, you know enriched environment mm-hmm.
2: well then that has that leads me to a question then take that to the social aspect if we talk about and we've been using the comic book store because it's just the first thing we thought of but the, the comic book store is a social place that there is a it's a stereotype but mm-hmm. it's relatively accurate for some individuals where that is the most social outlet they might get in a week is that wednesday yeah. is that fair way yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Not not everybody. But there's certainly that is certainly true of some people. So you've got a community built on that. And then I also I'm also thinking about we um I don't know, we often commonly say things like kids today are addicted to their phones, but they're not. They're addicted to Snapchatting their friends, not Snapchat. They're not addicted to Snapchat. They're not addicted to Twitter or texting. So they're addicted to the communication that they actually get through that. caveat. Yeah,
4: so there's actually a um, realm of like interface design that's actually interested in yes. exploring how because like so there's this there's this phenomena on Instagram where basically it actually withholds your like notifications from you like you're getting likes mm-hmm. and then it will flood you with them all at once hmm. because basically the, the premise is like they, they think um, and I don't know if, I haven't seen research at the back, this, back this up, but they basically that the idea is that that will increase your dopamine levels that you get from using Instagram or services like it. And so you're more likely to come back. And basically, I mean, it's actually in terms of, um, they talk about it in terms of like getting a fix. So they use this kind of terminology of addiction, whether or not that can actually get to the level of an addiction, I think is... I mean, something I don't I don't have the answer to, um, although it is something that I think like is I think is, is is considered like a marker of other if it's like in in, I would assume uh, in collaboration with other symptoms that it I mean, it might be a
7: contributor.
2: So what you're saying leads me to a question for stuff because I was discussing it with her the other day. But you talked about reward schedules and the randomness of them, which is what this sounds like.
1: Well, this doesn't sound random. This sounds like it's not, not, not necessarily
2: random. Yeah,
5: that does. That- well, that's behavioral psychology.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in a game in HQ, which we are addicted to, and games that Steph and I play every night a yes. trivia game. That's, that's um, random. <laughs> but like you earn you earn levels, and it's easier to earn the first few, and then they be, they get farther and farther apart yeah. to make you work harder and harder. And I think that's what's happening here. Like the you could you know you addict people with the first couple of likes. You know, you get through. You're playing Dungeons and Dragons. You get through level one, two, and three relatively quickly. But getting up to level nine, getting up to mm-hmm. level ten. That takes some more. It's progressively more work to get you hooked into the game longer and longer, and, and and maybe that's what's happening here. With you said it was Instagram or Snapchat.
4: It's Instagram, although I mean Instagram's a little bit different because it's not. So what you're describing is much more like a video mm-hmm. game. So and that's mm-hmm. actually something again, like also the video game designers think about is like there's actually algorithms, like those like basically. For, for different games, for different companies, all have algorithms designed for how quickly, for example, characters level, how fast monsters level in relationship to your character and everything, because they want to be challenging enough that it feels like accomplishment, but not so hard that it gets frustrating and you throw down the mm. controller. Or right. in the case of some people I've watched play video games, throw it out the window.
5: That's straight up <laughs> right. behavioral psychology. And that, that goes back to BF Skinner and reward systems and, and, and all Absolutely. of that. Absolutely,
4: And a lot of video game companies employ, um, user interface designers who have a background in psychology mm-hmm. specifically for that reason. Instagram from my understanding is different. It's not like you have to work harder to get the likes. It's that it like withholds you. It, it's the, the, the The premise is that it withholds the likes and sort of banks them. And so getting a lot of likes at the same time. That's my my question. It's the period of withholding Mm -hmm. them and the idea as if like, as if to produce a withdrawal, if that's possible. I don't know if something like that actually works with social media. Well, That was sort sort of of where I was
2: going though. Like, so my question for Steph is, does it matter if I'm working harder to get my reward or so there are two scenarios that I can see assuming a random reward, like assuming you, you want to addict me to, or you're doing
1: something easy. Usually. Yeah. That's, that's what I understand is they're doing something like pulling a lever. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm the chick. I'm the chicken pecking
2: the the button to get like the reward, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Whatever whatever I'm doing, I, I push the button, I get a reward. So every time I push the button, you give me candy, button, candy, button, candy. And then because you want me to keep pushing the button, then you start giving me candy only every two times I push the button. And then every four times and then 20 times and then 80 times. And you make me you you make me wait longer and longer each time to push the button. And then maybe, you know, if I if I if I get bored, then you start giving me two pieces of candy when I push the button or, you know, or giving me likes like like Instagram. But if you make me wait longer and longer, can you make me can you addict me to the rush enough that I will keep coming back For I mean, does the work matter? Does do I have to do more and more work to make I make me feel like I've earned it, or am I just craving the fix? And it doesn't matter how much work I do. So
1: I, th- I think those are two separate issues when you get rewarded versus how much effort you put into it. Like in mm-hmm. the original studies of reward schedules, like you said, it's uh, you're just the the chicken or whatever it was, was just a rat was just like pressing a button or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and then the most addictive um Feedback schedule yes. was a random schedule, so not every two things but every wow. you didn't you couldn't predict when the next reward was coming, and that makes you more likely or the rat or the bird and people too
5: and hence the success of las Vegas
4: exactly exactly that's so, really okay. interesting because that's also I mean again, just going back to video games because that's what I think of like that's actually video game design <laughs> tries to do the first thing, not the second thing the idea of like a video game design is you have to be able to predictably
7: Right,
4: right. See what your interactions based are based on is, your own
2: behavior.
4: Yeah. Right, which is that. Yeah, that's really fascinating.
2: So you're saying if I randomly reward you, if I'm going to get a reward for some random t- button presses, it might be one, it might be a hundred, and I don't know. I'm just going to keep pressing the button because sooner or later it's, that reward's going to come. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, yeah, And, and yeah, that's and the really, biggest. That's you know the well. machine. You know, yeah. I've lost a million times, right, and, and, but I'm due. And if right. Person, I some that quarter you know, in here. The next
5: row over hits. It proves you that oh, it can't happen. So so it's not just your reward, but seeing other people getting rewarded causes the behavior as well.
1: Yeah. And in terms of effort, I mean, you are going you're going to learn to produce the same level. I guess you learn implicitly the, to um, to exert the same amount of effort that led to successful like outcomes for your rewards in that case. So I think those are very different kinds of. Yeah. So it's the
4: predictability. Or the lack of predictability makes it more addictive rather than the effort. Is that what I'm understanding?
1: Well, I I think we would need to run a separate experiment where you're yeah. <laughs> exerting <laughs> effort and you're like varying the feedback yeah. schedule. To okay, find so it's a so so question,
5: question I've been thinking of for the last 15 minutes or so because we're, we're talking about this addictions as being you producing dopamine in a pleasure experience, a pleasurable experience as You keep doing this stuff because if it brings you a pleasurable experience. But what if you're still hate watching Walking Dead? S- because, yes, because that, that's want, the next piece that. of this. The addictions continue <laughs> hmm. well past the point where they're bringing about pleasurable responses. And now with with heroin, it's it's a physical addiction. Yes, this is killing you, but your body has to have it. These other psychological addictions, there's still that you engaging with the hobby, engaging with the, the habit or however you want to say it. Well past the point of enjoyment
1: yeah. or staying with a person that you hate because you're addicted to them. Yeah yeah
5: yeah that
2: just felt like a hit by the way (laughs)
3: yeah
5: no, I had a customer who came in every week, and, and he's been long gone. He he moved years ago. Um, and, and and he came in. And, I mean, he could be no, 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 know, no. Do you know? No, he he moved. <laughs> I I he so could didn't be You don't know if you yeah, killed him. So. I don't know. I do podcast is uh, <laughs> <laughs> What a sad story.
3: But, but he would
5: come in every week, and and he and he bought Marvel and DC comics, and pretty much every week when he came up to buy them, he just complained about them. They're not what they used to be. I I don't like this I you know he just he just complained about them and and he he got old (laughs) yeah I mean and and the nature of the comic shop is I get to know my customers and I feel comfortable saying things to them that you probably wouldn't if you were just working at the grocery store and there was one night he comes up and he's the last customer there there's nobody else around and he's doing his typical griping about things he's like I don't know I just I I, I'm not liking any of the books I'm reading what do you suggest and my answer was a different hobby because this one obviously (laughs) brings you no joy (laughs) (laughs) And I got the strangest look from him. But next week he was back buying X-Men. So, you know, I and I assume wherever he is, assuming Let's he's not dead, he's doing the same thing now. Piece of it is you know, I I don't I, I have you know, people who are the biggest Star Wars <laughs> fans in the world, except they haven't liked anything since 1977. Yeah.
4: But I think that there's like it, like in video games, this happens all the time, too, especially games that are like really hyped up and then people like want to like them. I mean, I know people, for example, for example, if any listeners are familiar with the video game Destiny which is like an online mass multiplayer kind of thing. And so many people hate the changes the developers make on a regular basis. And, but it's become like this culture of bitching about it.
8: And yeah. people
4: like, I, I know the same thing. I know people that continue people
5: to, people bond on that. Right.
4: And it, I think that's a big part of it is it's not, I mean, I was joking earlier that they're addi- like the, the addiction transfers into, he does have a new hobby. His hobby is, is, you know, bitching about uh, comic books, yeah. But I think for yeah. video gamers, that's very much, for, at least for some video gamers, not all. There are people who enjoy complaining. It's an adjunct
5: hobby. I, I like that yeah. idea, and I
4: don't think, and I don't think that means it's an addiction. It's just that they happen to enjoy complaining, and so it's just, yeah, it's not the same hobby so- it was originally.
1: So does this have anything yeah. to do, I'm wondering, with the expression, chasing the high, like where they're trying to get like that ch- same, ch- chasing the dragon, yeah, chasing the dragon. <laughs> is that it? where yeah, they're trying to get that same high that they used to get? And so they keep trying the same. Yeah.
5: Yeah, And that's my my response to the the Star Wars guy is, you know, his main, the main problem he has with Star Wars is he's not 12 years old anymore. Mm. Uh, yeah, So the the response it, Got, got from him when he was first exposed to it when he was twelve. He's not going to have now that he's fifty,
3: mm-hmm.
5: and and on some level he is disappointed by that and I think angered by that. But he it's it's blaming the thing rather than the internal thing. I, I also think for a lot of these, and and I, I think this may be true of video gaming. I, I know it's it's certainly true of comics, particularly Marvel and DC, where there's there's no end. I mean, these are ongoing narratives that have been going on for years and years and years. I think you know, on a certain level, we, we want closure. Mm-hmm. We want the, the end mm-hmm. and they lived happily ever after. And that simply doesn't happen at DC and Marvel. Mm-hmm. It is a never ending narrative. So there's no good place to end.
7: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I used to have this problem with things I did not like as those of you who've listened to the show for a long time know, I was forced to read like the first three books of the Twilight series, and then yeah. I and then I decided to just read the fourth one to you know, get the end to just see what happened. Right, and I read right. uh, as you know, I've I've read Spider Man Forever and Ever until it got really really bad, and I <laughs> tried and stopped. and I watched Chris now before Spider Man we're gonna get hate mail. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Look, as long as
7: we get mail (laughs) yeah do it for Mav. so (laughs) (laughs) yes
2: you can can, can address them to hannah at but
7: i actually like realized that life was too short recently and so when jane the virgin stopped being fun to watch and i was upset and it just brought Mm. me no joy I just stopped watching it. And you know what? I don't miss it. But I think the difference between me quitting Jane the Virgin and people watching The Walking Dead still is one like uh, Chris and Frank who commented on our post. Uh, Some people still enjoy it even if, Uh, the quality arguably has gone down or it's gone on too long or whatever. And two, like, as we've said, hate watching is a social thing. And it also brings joy. I mean, like, the reason why I watch the dumb Netflix, like, Hallmark cheesy Christmas movies is not because I know they're good. (laughs) It's because I enjoy, like, watching them ironically and then talking about how awful they are. Uh-huh. oh well and I think I was I was trying because when we were writing the
4: post I was trying to think of like because it's like this is not something that I think of myself as doing and I was trying to think of like when if I've ever done this I tend to just when I don't enjoy anything anymore I'm just like done Well mm-hmm. mm-hmm. one exception <laughs> I was well. See, Lost was an exception because once I no longer had the social like the social aspect of it, where I was watching with my roommates, I didn't watch it. I haven't seen the last two episodes, and I refused to watch them. I didn't like the end, like I didn't like the last bit of Lost. So, if it hadn't been for the fact that I was watching with my roommates, I wouldn't have watched Lost. But the closest I had is I was actually playing a lot of. First of all, I think this is a great video game, but I know that some people don't like it, including my brother. But it's the new Zelda: Call of the Wild. And I have played games of Zelda that I don't I enjoy, but I don't like they're not my favorite games. And was it if it was any other series, I probably wouldn't play because like I'm sure many listeners, Ocarina of Time was my first video game that I got really deeply into as a kid. I beat it so many freaking times and I will forever like I will forever play that series because for me, it's like that was how I became interested in video games and it's basically why I'm getting a PhD in it now. So I like, cause Wayne, you brought up the idea. It's like the, like so the star Wars fans, they are watching it because they saw it as a kid. So I think mm-hmm. it's not even like, I think it's not, just, it's not as the same thing as addiction or habit formation. It's also like that's idea mm-hmm. of reclaiming nostalgia yeah. And then the idea, I mean, it's like it's like it's like grandparents complaining about the good old days. It's like everything was great back then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's that's kind of what I, I want to ask, Ashley, because we said at the beginning, you said chasing the dragon. Right. Like you're you're looking for that old feeling. Uh, just to give my example, like Katia's, I loved the character of Nomad. I recognize that the second half of that series is really, really bad. Yeah, it, it, it's not good at all. But I was devoted to to the idea of what I wanted him to be to where I wanted to see Mm -hmm. where he he ended up. Mm -hmm. Um, Savage Dragon, I kept reading because I thought it was really good at the beginning. I recognize sort of the accomplishment of Eric Larson, who, who writes it fanboy made good. This is a character that he invented when he was seven years old. And when he was in his thirties, he was given the opportunity to do it professionally and God damn it. He's going to do it.
5: (laughs) You know, and and, and he's He's 125 plus years later. He's still doing, it. he's just, I mean, (laughs) he
2: started, he started it in 1990. I want to say five, whenever image happened. And it's, and he's just, he's just going to keep going because He can and he's living a dream that he had when he was seven. Good for him. So Mm -hmm. so I I, so I kept reading it because, you know, I sort of wanted to support that dream. That's what I told myself. But also, I think that there's a lot of me wanting to go back and I wanted to enjoy the characters in the way that I did for those first 20 or 30 issues Mm -hmm. when I was bored of them in issue 150. And then mm-hmm. it also like, oh, well, maybe it'll get good again. Maybe it will get good again. And it did after it was like six or seven years of really, frankly, <laughs> crappy stories you hung in there. But I hung in there. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I mean, I have every issue. I have every issue of them. And the last two years have been excellent. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> wow. But, but it, well, but it, it took a while. There was a, there was, there was a good time. No, no, this
3: yeah. is not good.
2: <laughs> no, it, well, no but, 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 but I mean, we, Wayne
5: knows. I, I, we, we, we have all of, you know, five subscribers for Savage Dragon, and it hasn't been on the rack for sale to the public for years now, but uh, Mav gets everything.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I mean, essentially, like, Savage Dragon comes into the store because they special order it for me. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you and, and like four yeah, other people. That's so funny, yeah.
1: too. Chasing the dragon has new yeah. meaning now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but,
3: that's,
2: but that's the question. So, like, so if I'm if I'm chasing the dragon, am I looking for? You know, we talked about it with the with gambling. Am I looking for the feeling that I that I had once before? Am I am I looking for it to pay pay off again, or is it just a habit? Like I like I don't I don't think I ever thought Nomad was going to get good again when it got bad. It's just like there were days where it was. I uh, mean, and, and by the way. Um, the guy who was drawing Savage Dragon at the time, Wayne and I also know that guy, Rick Mays. <laughs> yeah. I, I
5: I actually hooked Vin, Vincenzo up with him to get a an, an original piece yeah, of we, art. We know, we know the artist. So, yeah. I don't know the
2: writer, but I'm a fan. And 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 there were and there were times where it was just like, just let this end. Just put put us <laughs> all out of our misery. It got awful at the what? end. And, and I, I'm certainly guilty of you know, for
5: years. I, you know, I I was a fan of X-Men when they rebooted in the the late seventies. Um, you know, pretty much from the beginning of that, and I read that well past the point where I was enjoying it, just because it was the X-Men that had been my favorite book. And in what you do when you buy comics, you
2: buy yeah, X-Men. The late eighties, early nineties were and, were not a good time for this. And, and I I'd, I stopped
5: I I'd stopped by then, but boy, I, I was well past the point of really enjoying it. But I I also have that thing of having grown up with a. Lot of these characters, the Marvel and DC characters, there are characters that I will always want to like. Hawkeye. Okay. Doesn't mean I do. <laughs> but you know, anytime there's a new series, you know, we'll use Hawkeye as the example. You know, Hawkeye's a character who's been one of my favorites since I was a kid. And I will always like I will always want to like that character. I will want to like any new series with him in it. And most of them have been terrible. <laughs> and, but, three, four, three, four years ago, I was rewarded by a series written by Matt Fraction that was winning awards and pretty much everybody agrees was really exceptional.
2: Yeah. But, but you read but, the, but you read the, but you in the years, which was awful. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. So, so, but, but, but that's, but that's my, that's my question for Ashley. If you're talking about the psychological edition, if you're talking about, why do, why do people continue to be addicted to a product, be it media or a drug, past the point where it's where, – if you're not physically addicted and it's no longer fun, you're no longer enjoying it, why why do we bother? And, I, and, and clearly we all do. You know, yeah, I, right. own, I own every Prince album. And, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> I, I, I talked about this with Wayne in the store. I bought all of Prince's albums. I don't know why, because at some point I, I, you know, progressed into living in the 21st century and I can just stream them. But I was buying them anyway, because I felt that I owed Prince something because of <laughs> like some, you know, because he wrote Purple Rain 30 something years ago. <laughs>
5: and and Here, Here's 10 more dollars, Prince. Yeah,
2: like there's an album called like Rainbow Children. You've None of you have ever heard of it. You're welcome. Now we have, though. <laughs> it's not good. You'll forget. It, it, it's oh, awful. I, so. I own it. It's awful. It's, it's not a good album at all. But, but he's got other albums that are just little experimental things, some of which I enjoyed, some of which I didn't. But why... Like, I I can listen to them online ahead of time and now I don't have to do it anymore because, you know, he died. So it's like, oh, I'm released from the spell Prince had on me. But why why do I why do I continue buying things that I'm not enjoying anymore? Why did I read Savage Dragon forever? It's a a solid five, six years of really awful.
8: Please diagnose Mav. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think there's a big distinction between like. I don't know. Continuing to read a comic or watch a show after it's not good anymore, and like continuing to use a drug, and like you're not enjoying that anymore either. So I think for you, Mav, like it seems like, and for sort of like what we've been talking about, is that those experiences for you maybe bring up like positive memories or emotions or sort of. Um, I can't think of the word. I don't know, like help you reminisce or maybe bring about sort of positive things mm-hmm. in some way for you. And maybe that's why you continue doing mm-hmm. it as opposed to someone that's like continuing to use despite experiencing like a, a, a number of negative consequences in there. Oh, life.
2: the negative consequences for the end of Nomad were they were really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's physically painful.
6: <laughs> so just so for, this is for... Um, both of you guys, I guess, but like, so does the concept of being addicted to media then like in the actual sense of addiction rather than like the popular sort of usage of it, is that actually seem plausible? Because I know, I know at least when um, the video game addiction or your gaming disorder uh, entered into the international classification, the world health organization's classification of diseases, like there was a big debate about it. Like there were a lot of people that said that this doesn't make any sense and this is actually basically just a another form of fixation that happens to involve gaming, but the gaming is an accidental like sort of fact. And that's,
5: that's what I was wondering, just as you were saying this, like, is this just a specific OCD? You know, it, it does deserve its own categorization or is this just an expression of something we already know about, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder.
8: Uh,
5: and, and that's rhetorical, I suppose.
8: Um. Well. So here in the United States, because like we're special and we need all of our own things, we have, uh, <laughs> we use the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is the DSM, uh, mm-hmm. currently on the DSM five, um, and, I think they call it like internet gaming disorder or something Mm -hmm. is not actually in there. Um, So the DSM five came out in 2013 and that was something that they had started to explore, but said that they couldn't build up enough evidence for to include. So I'm assuming it'll probably be in the next one. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I feel like you could maybe be like addicted to anything, but do we really want to like throw around that word? I don't know.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems very individual, too. Like, if you're Mm -hmm. a person and you, for some reason, like, relate very strongly to these characters, say you're like, okay, the stereotypical, like, dweeb who's reading a comic book. Hey, I don't know what you're (laughs) talking about. Not you, Mav, and not anybody, you know, here, but (laughs) but other people. I fully accept the title of dweeb okay <laughs> Okay. Well, then, <laughs> then you. <laughs> but I mean if you feel like your life is you know you're a loser and, and then you read this comic book about someone who's maybe you can relate to very strongly and they're doing these like fabulous things and like fighting crime and fighting villains and like winning I can see like getting like a strong like dopamine rush and mm-hmm. there it is again and really like almost getting addicted to something mm-hmm. like that
8: yeah or I mean, even like if you're playing I don't know like video games where you're sort of interacting with other characters or even like watching a show like you sort of be develop in some kind of strange way like relationships with those characters or you start yeah. to care about the characters in the show or in the game um so they in become in like really meaningful
3: real to you in my life.
8: <laughs> well yeah because video because video game relationships
6: are super predictable see previous episodes <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, having spent the majority of today, earlier today, writing about the usefulness of the character of Spider-Man, Silver Age Spider-Man, to addicting kids to reading it. Silver Age Spider-Man is a dweeb. He's emasculated. He is an outcast. He's a pariah. He's bullied. He has no friends. He's a 15-year-old boy who feels all alone in the world. And suddenly, because a magic spider bites him—or you know, it's not magic; it's scientific—but because a spider bites him, he suddenly has abilities, and he's the coolest person in the world. That is the dream. So I think Steph's right. There's a there's a point in which you relate to that. The movie that you know, Hannah's favorite movie, into the Spider Verse. The the message, the entire point of that of that movie is everybody can be Spider Man. You can be Spider-Man. You can
5: be Spider-Man. Right. So I mean, and and the the earliest tagline for Spider-Man in 1962 or whatever was the hero who can be you. Right. Yeah, you know, the, the hero could, could and, and you know the the fact that his face is covered anybody can project into that using the home and cloud thing of icons like you know it's, you can project your personality into this character because it is indistinct. And and yeah that this this is the that was their audience in 1962 was was disenfranchised nerdy boys and and here's a character they could all be.
2: I mean
7: it worked on you know a nerdy girl in the 90s growing up. So so yeah. but there's so it it sounds yeah. like like media,
6: it sounds like it's what we're saying is that media is plausibly something you could, could be involved in an addiction, but there's nothing special about video games or comic books or whatever that are ma- like creating addiction. Because I think, cause that's at least in, in like video game scholarship, whatever, that's always sort of like the popular stigma or the fear is that something about video games in particular or whatever media, but just what I know is creating addiction is that it actually, and it's actually producing psychological dysfunction where mm. otherwise, if you weren't playing video games, you would be completely cognitively normal, whatever that means. A perfectly healthy person.
2: Well, but that's something we do. And that's, that yeah. is, um, again, another part of my dissertation. I told you, I write a lot about psychology, the phobia We have a fear of teenagers, a fear of youth. Mm-hmm. And in this country, uh, juvenile delinquents, we believed in 1954 that comic books, were causing addiction and every and I mean every, every. psychological disorder that uh, that that teenagers had a lovely book was written about it by a guy named Frederick Wortham called Seduction of the Innocent where mm-hmm. comic books caused you to be a murderous psychopathic gay rapist and by gay and that, rapist and that's the only thing that caused it Yes, <laughs> and by gay rapist I mean you became you, you, young boys became homosexual but still raped women for some reason and then killed people <laughs> because logic because, 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 because comic it, books best-selling book yeah
6: right i mean and and the history of media going back to the printing yeah. press is basically every new media form that paranoia or yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, novels novel made had
7: that. young girls yeah novels <laughs> made young girls awful if they especially if they read the wrong type of novel and you right, know, they, they became and it, be, it made
2: boys dumb because novels were girl were was girl literature yeah. and if you read them you'd be I mean, less intelligent don't but
7: don't forget just, dungeons and dragons and how you know people of course, obviously believed that they were really in Dungeons and Dragons and couldn't tell the difference between role play and real life.
5: Uh, Much like on Riverdale this season. Excuse me. I'm not
7: currently in the Uh, (laughs) Underdark.
3: Excuse me. Or, you know, Harry
7: Potter or, or don't forget how crazy certain Twilight fans acted yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean I, I would read stories about how like, you know, forty year old women would steal Taylor Lautner cutouts or they would uh,
2: well, you know. I mean he's really dreamy. <laughs> I'm
7: sorry. Be the all the way. Yeah. Yes, thank you. As weird as he is, thank you. <laughs> He's better, but,
6: but,
5: <laughs> yes. but we also have you know an entire society that's addicted to sports. I mean, walk around Pittsburgh, yeah. you know. So th- there's, <laughs> yeah. so so it's you know it's not just comics and video games and, and dweeby hobbies. I mean, people are addicted to NASCAR. You
1: know? <laughs> I don't
6: understand. Uh, that Someone one. was
7: trying to punch me at a baseball yeah, but game. I think I think what? again
6: though that's like using the term addiction in a way yeah. more broad yeah. sense yeah. than Wait, I yeah. want to hear
1: the story about the baseball incident. Oh. <laughs> I was,
7: I was reading Bleak House at a baseball game because I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I had to do my Bleak House reading, but I also wanted to see the game. And you baseball had to do your one, Bleak House reading. I had to. <laughs> and baseball That's is one boring. of the sports that you can read a, at a game. And yeah. some like 40 year old dude, time. and if you're listening, 40 year old dude, I hate you. Uh, started <laughs> yelling at me. And he was like, it's gonna be your fault if Mississippi State loses cause you're reading. And then he's like, threatened to punch me. And Josh was like, Josh was like, put your book away. You don't want to get like hit. And I was like, no, like this guy's being a dick. <laughs> <laughs>
5: anyway, okay. uh, I love that, that is the one example in all of recorded history of Bleak House being
2: read at a baseball game.
7: <laughs> no. 100% not true. It's baseball. You can, Based on what I'm, a baseball, it? I'm
2: a baseball fan, but honestly, you can take a nap and eat yeah, like three through that. six. You're fine. I did it just a baseball game. <laughs>
7: That has nothing to do with
2: this podcast. Anyway, back to the real talk. Sorry. So we've got habits, we've got addiction. I did want to at least address the idea of screen addiction for young kids. This is mostly because Steph's sister. Ashley's cousin asked on my Facebook page, but the idea of and this is this ties into what we were just talking about. With we've always had some kind of media that we demonize for children. You know, rock and roll is 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 driving the kids crazy. The rap music is the comic books, the the video games, the Dungeons and the Dragons, or whatever. <laughs> the Dungeons <laughs> um, and
8: the Dragons, the Dungeons and the Dragons, and
2: <laughs> and the jazz cigarettes. You know, um, <laughs> the, but. I think now we have and I mentioned it briefly, I think now we have this thing, not just video games, but we have the idea that we, we assume just because or oh, the kids are getting addicted to their screens, you know, the screen time, the screen time, blah, 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 blah. And especially given everything we've been saying about the way video game addiction works, I don't know that I believe that. Or is it just, you know, is the computer or the screen, I should say, because, you know, we have this thing where, oh, you don't let kids like do too much because they'll become autistic, which to me, sounds a lot like the same reason not to vaccinate them. <laughs> you know, like there's no there's no real evidence of that. It's just another media type. Right. Yeah. I'm asking the psychologists and they're both once again, they stare at each other.
8: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like the screen itself that would no. inherently be the problem. Um I don't know the thing that kind of like popped in my head was just thinking about like the I don't know, the like the little stupid games that like kids play and maybe sort of not like get addicted to but get really hooked on and that You then mean
2: like words like- with friends?
8: Yeah, or, or it's the I don't it, know. It's a game
2: that Steph's addicted I to. I mean, <laughs> yeah,
8: yeah, there's, really like, addicted.
6: there's like it's Angry it. Birds,
1: Farmville, yeah. <laughs> Candy Crush. Yeah, yeah. we talked it's about, a about a the reason reason of- play version of Words with Friends where you like have a team. And I literally like for the first time in ages felt a dopamine rush while I was like, I did really well <laughs> on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> have you considered heroin?
8: I don't need
5: (laughs) it. Or or Savage Dragon, because I hear it's a really good comic now. There we
8: go. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, like in relation to, like, sort of that instant reward and, like, Mm -hmm. kind of like getting that over and over again. And and maybe, like, in that sense, kids would, I don't want to say addicted, but, like, yeah, have a hard time putting it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when,
6: when the like quote unquote screen addiction comes up, at least every time I've seen it, it's always actually in connection. Like Mav, you, you talked about video games. It's always in connection with either video games or social media. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. like they're worried about people being addicted to checking their email. Although there are cases where that like people feel that way because it's like, Oh, they get basically they feel satisfaction when they like hit inbox zero. And so they will answer their work emails immediately and things Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it does seem related to, if not gaming specifically things that have been somewhat gamified like Mm -hmm. Instagram um, and other forms of social media with like likes and hearts and whatever. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think if we're talking about gamification. Why does Facebook and Twitter and Instagram have likes? It's because it's a score. And I mean, on the most base level of Instagram, you, you look at the, you look at the most popular people on Instagram and they're all you know, hot girls aged 16 to 26 who post selfies of themselves in lingerie or bikini and it, you know they're, the Instagram model thing and they, you know, they get a post and within an hour we'll have 2000 likes and I want to be them. I want that so bad. I am so jealous because <laughs> they have a higher score than I do. I don't really want to do that. I have no desire to be an Instagram model except that I want, I want the little number. Is that the dopamine rush? I'm, I'm envious of, you know, And they continue to do it. I mean, there's also people who do it as a job who get money, but like there's a, there's a, there's a, there's certainly a, oh, wow. You know, I posted this thing on Facebook and within an hour, you know, 50 people found it funny enough to hit a button.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I would say that's definitely mm-hmm, cause mm-hmm. R- positive reward that would
2: so now like, excite your brain. I have to say something interesting tomorrow yeah, so that I yes. get more.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's a marker. It's not just it's not just like you're collecting likes and like thumbs up, it's like it's a marker of social acceptance and it, in a way it's quantifiable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because your social Maybe. acceptability, your popularity is not often something that's quantifiable.
5: They like
2: me. They really do. Mine is right. I have stats because I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Again, Mav, I think we need to talk about your
7: habits. Yep. There are a lot. (laughs) I wonder if people are afraid to review the podcast now.
2: Please don't. I'll cry. Please don't be afraid. Don't, know, don't, don't be afraid. Be afraid. Please, re- yeah. please do review the podcast. Yes. Yes.
5: <laughs> I like the podcast, except for Mav complains about no one reviewing the podcast.
3: Oh, oh, God.
2: if that ever happens, it will be the last episode because I, I will kill my. Well, actually, it won't even be an episode. No. I will kill myself live on air, and then one of you will have to I was edit it. Say that. No, no. Don't just do, just do that.
3: that. Kind of <laughs> of <too> <laughs> <with> <laughs>
5: Most likes ever.
2: (laughs) Uh, but so, okay. But with kid, I made the point that uh, that we talked about earlier in the show. There's a point where we have every new media, while it was new media, we demonize, particularly for children, comic books. And Dana pointed out that, yeah, but that said, she, you know, her kids are not addicted to reading books. They are addicted to. I mean, and again, she's Mm -hmm. using the word casually, but they. But she doesn't have to pry a book out of her kids' hands. Well, I mean, in part That
1: could be like from what you were saying on Facebook that it. Priyasha's age, she doesn't have, she doesn't read automatically. It's still, it's still effortful for her, so she probably doesn't get, you know, as yeah, much I, enjoyment. Also, as I know. was that kid so when I, I was
6: yeah, that age. Like, I would carry a book everywhere, and there would be times when my parents would have to, like, make me put it down. So, like, her kids may not do it, but it's not implausible.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah, I was banned from screens, like television and video games, with the exception of, like, an allotted time for a long time when I was a kid. So I had books. Yeah, so, and I yeah. didn't go to sleep. I read
6: my books because I need to Right. Them. And I didn't have any of those constraints. And I also, same thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think like, I mean, like we've said a couple of times in this podcast, like those kinds of things, like the degree to which you become like fixated on something, whether positive or negative, it's very individual. So like, yeah, her kids may enjoy screens more because maybe they respond more to gamification. Whereas like. Other kids respond more to like what they get out of reading or sports or whatever.
5: Yeah, I'm absolutely addicted to reading. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that keeps me sane. And music in your case, I would say. And music in my case, yeah.
1: So, what is it about reading or watching TV that? Is addictive. I mean, for me, it seems a little less intuitive why it's addictive because you're not, you know, interacting with it and you're not (laughs) getting
2: feedback. And I wrote about I wrote about that a little bit because that's something where where I actually do know that's not true. We think of reading as an active action and TV watching as a passive action. It's not. Someone just made that up and everybody sort of bought into it. The actual act of watching TV involves a lot of interaction. There's a lot of mental processing that goes on that is in. In LCS world, you know, which is what my, so technically I don't read funny books for a living. Technically I am a literary and cultural theorist, (laughs) but in, but, We would call a movie or a a television show, we being me, Katya, Hannah, we'd still call those texts and you read a movie, you read a a TV show as you're as you're engaging with it, which takes a lot of mental processing to do. And for some people, that's more engaging. I mean, obviously, some books are, are easier than other books. Some TV shows are easier than other books. I can watch Sesame Street without a lot of mental action because I'm a grown man. But if I want to actually understand lost, that's a lot of work, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's and it's a it's a lot of work that I'm processing the show as I'm going and I'm trying to make connections to, oh, my God they said the same thing there that they said, you know, three seasons ago, you know, I'm trying to like figure things out as I, as I'm, as I'm doing these things. And that's the exact same way that you would read. An yeah. Christy I was just book. thinking that
3: and
2: it, yeah, it, and it's, yeah. not
6: necessarily like you're thinking about it consciously either. So like you could be thinking about mm-hmm. it un- like, it doesn't have to be like, Oh yeah, they actually said that three seasons ago. And I acknowledge that. It's also just even like, quote unquote, passively, you're doing a lot of processing to produce meaning out of the show. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. More so. for, And we we talked about on a previous show, we talked about um, how everybody on that show being the kinds of people we are. We were the people who hated the movie The Sixth Sense because we were all figured it out immediately because we're the kind of people who do that with comic books and books and stuff. That wasn't active. I wasn't trying to figure out the sixth sense. I really mm-hmm. wasn't. Yeah, it, it just happens because that's how my brain reads things. And it, you know, it's a movie, but it's still reading. So I made the comment: it is not effort for me to analyze a movie or a TV show. I watch mm-hmm. every movie. I watch every television show. I, I read every comic book. Not really, but I do a lot of those things. So to where it becomes an automated action. I'm addicted to it. It's a habit. It's a habit for me to analyze a book or a movie as I go. Mm-hmm. If I play the game Fortnite, which I have now played, when we talked about it the first time, I hadn't played it, Katya, but I have not played it. Uh, I played it against um, my niece, who is seven? Uh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. She kicked my ass.
1: Yes.
3: <laughs> because, <laughs> because,
2: because for her, reading the game Fortnite, you know, it, it, she has not not addicted she is habitized she has become automatic at entering that world you know she parachutes well, she, yeah, down we would, she we would reads say the scene she
6: has a much better she has greater systems literacy than you do she right. has a greater understanding of the system that is Fortnite.
2: right she she yeah. can read the scene she knows where everybody is she knows the terrain she knows how to react she like whereas i'm sitting the going, what, yeah, which fucking much. button is shoot? i don't yeah. i don't remember how do i jump yeah oh i'm right. dead
6: And that playing even really simple video games takes a lot of cognitive Mm -hmm. processing and problem solving. Like even, even really straightforward, like, you know, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of like when you're
1: novel, yeah. When you're new to it. Mm
6: -hmm. Yeah. Well, even like something like Tetris, which like on its face is really simple. You're just trying to make little rows. but anyone who's actually Mm -hmm. played Tetris for more than 10 minutes realizes playing Tetris gets really difficult and frustrating real quick.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: But you're always kind of looking forward, at least when I play, you're like looking forward to when it gets to be to that level where, you know, it's like challenging and maybe I can do it, but maybe I can't. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of mental
3: work,
6: like surprisingly. So it doesn't seem like that when you're doing it, but it's a surprising amount
2: and massively addictive right or have it for me
6: oh yeah my, me. my mom always <laughs> says that she she uh had to take tetris they she had the original tetris we they had to sell it because and the system game system everything because my mom said she would basically start playing tetris at, at eight o'clock in the morning and she would not notice time had passed yeah and that was actually like i think there's like i I forget the name of it but it was like there's like a nickname for that whole phenomena specifically with tetris actually
1: oh yeah like flow like uh, when you get lost in the activity well, there's, yeah there's one specifically for like
6: the tetris, like the quote-unquote addiction oh. to tetris but yeah yeah it's, for, right, like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's
1: called but yeah it's called flow state uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and I was also thinking like another, a couple, well, I'll just say one, maybe relevant, relevant psychological phenomena is Vygotsky's zone of proximal development, where you. Those were a lot of words. Yeah, that it just basically, cool. it just, it just basically <laughs> means that you're most interested in the, um, in understanding things that are just sort of just a little bit beyond where you're currently at. So Uh. either like your knowledge a little beyond that, or just like a little beyond your current like competency level. So that, that might like having success at that point might also be like relevant for, um, for addictive, for, positive for getting more of a reward when you actually do succeed at that.
5: Which, yeah. And, and that makes complete sense because you know, if it's something that's way beyond your ability, it's not rewarding at all. You just, you can't achieve it. So you don't, you don't mm-hmm. get that dopamine blast.
1: Or you feel lucky if yeah. you do achieve it.
6: Yeah. It feels <laughs> yeah. like, you, yeah, it feels like you just got lucky rather than you earned it.
5: So thankfully we didn't resolve anything this <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, uh, so has so 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 still have a job. Yeah, yeah, have a job.
5: <laughs> uh, <laughs> please, please become addicted to comic books and and offshoots of them, like Funko
2: Pops and. Uh, <laughs> 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 We've got a friend, Scott, who last time I worked a comic book show, he was he was set up. His comic books was just a little tiny table and the rest of his entire table was Funko Pops. And I was like, oh, you decided to invest in these. And he's like, no, I just realized that I bought a thousand of them and decided maybe I should resell them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I don't think he was trying to, but he and his wife had, I mean, more than you currently have in your store by a lot. Yeah, (laughs) because
5: we we don't specialize in that, certainly. But uh, but. If more people were addicted, I'm sure we were. We would.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, if there's anything we have resolved, and of course we haven't because we never resolve anything. But I do think that calling it media addiction maybe is a bad idea. But the idea that you can be invested in something enough to really want to analyze any kind of media or text to where it becomes habit forming, I think is actually a good thing for all that, you know. Television might be bad for kids. Comic books might be bad for kids. Video games might be bad for kids. But it's the only reason I have a job today. <laughs> and, same, and same, same thing. You know, three, three of the people on this show today are getting doctorates just because we were <laughs> because those things were bad for you. We, so were <laughs> yeah, addicted to things that were yeah. bad for us. So
7: I yeah I. I guess I might be the only person in the world who's addicted to Charles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you are no, definitely no not, the, not only the only
7: one. No. no. There's a person. whole cadre of Victorianists Excellent. out there that share yeah. that. I'm actually, you. I'm not as bad as the Trollope people because they literally have memorized every character he's ever written in all his like 60 or whatever novels he wrote. And if
6: anyone so listening to this podcast knows what she's talking about, Please let us know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know what she's talking about, but I want to know if anyone else does. That's
7: <laughs> <No. laughs> um, all you need to put in the review. I know Trolloc.
2: Oh, that'd be great. Uh, thank you to both of our guests, our uh, returning guest, Stephanie, and our new guest, Ashley. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. You guys are welcome anytime.
8: Thanks for having us. Is, thank yeah. you.
2: Uh, and thank you to all of the regular co-hosts. So Wayne, where can people find you if they want to pay attention to your addiction? I actually posted a blog this week. I, I've been st- no, you don't. Yeah. That's, that's
0: the first one
5: since we started doing this. I, I looked; and the last one was like last <laughs> April, uh, and and it, it was just it was kind of a year in roundup, but it, it focused uh, just on my my fall teaching experience. So it's not not a lot in depth. Just people were asking me there's ongoing questions of what books did you teach and what was your experience? So I just very quickly sort of did a roundup of that stuff. So that's at wayne-wise.com. So. And Katya,
6: as always, you can find me on Instagram at just that nerd kid. And apparently if you hit like enough, my dopamine uh, needs will be satisfied.
2: (laughs) Oh, we can find out about your addiction to sewing.
6: Yeah. Yeah, you can. I do occasionally talk about gaming, just not as much recently because I've not played the interesting because it's all older stuff because it's research. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, all the problems that
2: I have <laughs> <laughs> oh darn I have to play more Tetris this sucks Hannah <laughs> what about you
7: uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hannah Lee Rogers mm-hmm. um, and despite how much I tweet about it, I'm not actually addicted to Kant <laughs> so I just want to make that clear uh,
6: but are you are you sure you're not just in denial
2: <laughs> I think she's addicted to Kesha I follow her on Twitter <laughs>
6: I think I, w- cool. I would assume that you would be proud of that, Hannah. I am proud of Kesha. <laughs> I just tweeted the yesterday. I'm glitter the <laughs> uh,
7: We're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really are. This is why we don't have any reviews.
2: <laughs> Can we get Kesha to listen to the podcast? Oh God, please. <laughs> if you're Kesha and you want to write us a review, that'd be, that would be awesome. great. <laughs> if you 're anybody else and you enjoy the show, please just leave us a review on iTunes, especially uh, believe five star reviews on iTunes help other people find the show and Increase our stats, which makes my dopamine levels go up, which is what I'm addicted to. It's, it's we're all we're all like showing off for the psychologists in the room <laughs> today.
3: Today, but
2: we all all you know all, all four of us are like, oh, we're going to use that word. We we know some stuff, <laughs> sure. <Fair> uh, <laughs> yeah. Shop but, a fan of the attic, so I can be your dopamine too. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's a good slogan. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at chris maverick. You can follow the show on Twitter at vox Podcast. You can follow my blog at www.chrismaverick.com and the show's blog at www.boxpodcast.com, where you will find out about the next topic that we will be discussing on the show and you can give us thoughts and feedback so that we can talk about them during our next discussion. I would like to thank Max of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically to play us out right now. Max asked me to promote for him. He released just before Christmas, which is this is the first episode we're recording since then he released a new music video that will be linked in the show notes below. So check that out just to thank him for his music, which you hear every week, and you'll hear more of it in his video. So thanks Max. And I'd like to thank both of our guests once more for coming in and talking with us. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Steph. you welcome. Yep. All right. And thank you at home for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. 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 Bye.
0: So there's nothing spiritually wrong with me? no. It's like, okay, it's like being diabetic. You know, it's like you can eat wrong and eat wrong, and chemicals get released from your liver in a weird way. You know, you've been eating gluten and shit. And then eventually you've got a chemical imbalance from your liver. And something clicked, and now you're diabetic forever, right? So, like, if you keep doing something too much, eventually there's um, a dopamine f*** up, right? And you're kind of screwed up for life. So what does that mean? I-, I can get addicted to everything so I can't enjoy anything? Yeah, that's pretty much what it means.